Well, we have one topic left, and that is the very fun topic of polymorphism. Uh, in previous semesters, I have taught this class in a 7 to 10 p.m. format, and it always seems like the last week of the semester, we hit this around 8.30 p.m., and at that point, everyone's brains are just way, way too full, and, and it, it's very challenging for people to understand. We, on the other hand, are looking at this on a first thing Monday morning, so I know you guys will be able to just get this right away, I'm sure. But this is challenging, okay? Um, this is uh, something that has an element of potential confusion to it. The code is not hard. As a matter of fact, you'll see on my slides as we go, I don't have a lot of code there. It, it's all conceptual things, okay? Now, let me, as we kick things off here, make reference to this diagram that I have here on the whiteboard. Um, I have shown a parent class and a child class, representing them using the traditional UML format of an arrow going from the child to the parent. And the intent of this is I'm not going to concern myself with attributes because attributes aren't really super relevant here. But you'll notice in my, in my picture here, the parent has three methods, M1, M2, and M3. And the child, of course, because it's inheriting, has all those methods. But you'll notice I put down in the child box, bless you, M3 prime, meaning that the child has elected to redefine method three. And then has added to the mix methods four and methods five, which it, of course, is free to do. So this structure is one that we will reference uh, a few times as we go throughout this, in addition to things that are here on, on the slide. The whole point of connecting things up in a hierarchical structure, as, as we have observed a few times, is it gives us the ability to reuse code, to reuse methods we have written, um, in a very efficient way. It allows us to engage in programming by difference, where we would say, okay, the child class is just like the parent class, but we need to change the way one thing works, and we need to add a couple more things. That's the idea behind this. But there are other benefits that come from being in this hierarchical situation. Now, let me give you an illustration of something that you have been doing in programming ever since you started programming. And I'm going to illustrate this with, with pseudocode. So my intent here is not to write uh, ABAP code. But we create a variable, and I'll just call it uh, i. That's an integer. And, and uh, I'll go ahead and set it to the value 3. And then I'm going to create another data object here and call it float j and set it equal to 3.14 okay and then I'm going to go ahead and create another I called II and another float called JJ okay so hopefully you're with me so far what I'm saying code you have written so far is you probably have done things like this in programming before II equals J Okay? Now, I'm not getting involved in all of the syntactical nuance here of how we do this in different programming languages, 
But when you have seen things like this happen before in programming, what value gets stored in II? Three, right? The decimal part of it gets thrown away because I'm taking a floating point number and stuffing it into an integer box, if you will. Conversely, if I did JJ equals I, what gets stored in JJ? Three, but it now has the capacity to have a decimal portion to it as well. Because in the next line of code, I could add 0.5 to it. So what we're doing here is we're seeing an illustration of how we can take data of one type and move it into a data object of a different type. And, and we typically call this casting. And in some programming languages, you can literally like write code like this because the casting is done automatically for you. Other programming languages require you to be explicit and say, I want you to turn J into an integer and then put that in II. But I'm sure you have seen this before. This idea of taking a data object of one type and putting it into a, a data object or box or whatever metaphor you want to think of here that is fundamentally of a different type. Okay, so what happens if I create a parent data object, which I'm going to illustrate here by a parent box, and try and put a child in it? Or what happens if I create a child box and, and try to put a, a parent into it? What's going to happen in this situation? Well, if we understand what happens here, we will understand the concept of and value of, of polymorphism, okay? So let's look at this just pictorially for a moment. If I take a child, so if I take this thing down here at the bottom and I try and put it in a parent box, in a way, this is like taking a floating point number and storing it in an integer data object. I can make that happen, but when I do that, I lose potentially certain things. At, at least it would seem like, because a parent only has certain functionality associated with it that a child doesn't have. And so if we look at this like we do typecasting, um, we, we might get a sense of the fact, well, this might change the way certain things actually behave in our program. Well, let's look at the way this actually does, in fact, play out when we're working with, with objects here. There are two types of casts that we can talk about. We can talk about narrowing casts, or we can talk about widening casts. And if you go back to what we did a moment ago on the whiteboard between moving something from a float into an integer data type, just working off the top of your head, do you think that represents a widening cast or a narrowing cast, moving a float into an integer? Probably a narrowing cast, right? Whereas the other direction where we're moving an integer into a float would be more of a widening cast. Well. How does this play out with objects? If I have a variable that is a reference to 
a superclass. I can assign that to a subclass object at runtime, and this is actually going to be called a narrowing cast, which is perhaps the opposite of what you, what you might be thinking. But you're going to see why it really isn't the opposite of that, hopefully, as we go along here. So the terminology is here. Now let's just read that sentence together again. A variable that is a reference to a superclass. So this would be the equivalent of data p1 type ref to parent. Okay? So a variable that is a reference to a superclass can be assigned a subclass object at runtime. So, what does that mean? So here's my subclass. Data C1 type ref to child. Alright, so I've created now two what we might call in another language a pointer, what ABAP calls a reference. And now I'm going to follow this with create object C1. And let's assume there's a default constructor and so this is perfectly fine. Okay? So that sentence up there says, a variable that is a reference to a superclass, P1. That's a variable that's a reference to a superclass. Can be assigned a subclass object at runtime using a narrowing cast. Which is what I have just done here, at least in the context of pseudocode. And I'll show you the actual ABOP statement here in a moment. So what I am doing is I am putting the child object, which I created, in this reference to the parent object. Now, at this point you might be saying, why would I ever want to do that? That's the punchline. Give me about 15 minutes and we'll get there, and you'll say, wow, now I see why this is cool and useful. Yes, sir? And so you don't have to actually do the create object P1 here, right? Because you're technically doing that by... Yeah, I never actually, I created two reference variables, yeah. but then only created one object. And you're saying P1 is, is C1, so you're creating the object on that P1. I'm creating a child object here and stuffing it in a parent box here. Okay? okay? Alright, so, the subclass, now let's think about this. This is a fact we already know. The subclass contains all the methods and attributes of the superclass, okay? The child contains everything that the parent does. So, when I put the child into the parent box, it's not like all of a sudden the child says, M3, what's M3? I don't know what M3 is. M1, I don't know what M1 is. Attribute 7, I don't know what attribute 7 is. It knows all those things. Because the child has everything the parent has, plus more. So when I put the child in the parent box, the child doesn't have to find itself encountering things it doesn't know what to do with. Because 
everything the parent could do, the child can do too. The data object can access the methods and attributes available in the subclass through inheritance. But methods, when, are, when methods are invoked, if the method has been redefined, the redefined method is version is used. Methods that are defined as only in the child class cannot be called. This is polymorphism. Okay, so what in the world's going on here? So, we understand through inheritance that the child has an understanding of M1 and M2. And it, it rewrote, it redefined M3, and then it added M4 and M5. Okay, so if at this point in my code, I said P1 arrowhead M1. Would the system know how to respond to that? Yeah. And it would. It would say, okay, I'm going to run method M1. And it, you might say, well, which M1 is it going to run? The one up here or the one down here? Doesn't matter, they're the same. Okay? So M1 is going to be run just fine, even though I've got a child sitting in a parent box. But here's where polymorphism comes into play. And I'm going to move over here to the left side since I'm out of space. What if P1 calls M3? Now let's think about this for a second. The computer is now potentially presented with a puzzle. Does it use the parent's M3 method or does it use the M3 method of the child which has been redefined? Now you might say, well, it, it's, I'm calling this on a data object that is a reference to a parent. So it's going to use the parent's version of M3. Very, very logical, but not what happens. Polymorphism says that in this situation, even though I have put a child in a parent box, when I call method M3, I'm getting the child version of it. Now, what if I call method M4? No dice. Illegal syntax. Okay? So if I call the methods that haven't been changed, it's kind of a moot point. They're both the same. So which one gets called is, is kind of irrelevant. But when a child redefines a method, if I put that child in a parent box, I can still call the method that was redefined. And when I do so, I get the new version. That is, in a nutshell, polymorphism. Question. Yes, sir. Um, say you wanted the original M3, could you do super M3? Don't think so, but we'll play around with it in a second here. But I, I do not think so. Okay? So, I want to write some code here in a second. 
and now's as good a time as any. All right, so this is our our classes we were playing around with last time we were together, where we defined an animal, and we created. I'm gonna I'm gonna hide some stuff here for the sake of making our our screen as efficient as we possibly can make it. All right, so I have an animal class, and in that animal class, I have a method here called show, which you'll notice just shows the value of three attributes. And then I have a feline class, and in the feline class, I have a method called show which I redefined. And I realized I am, I am hiding some of the code that actually gives us the details here, but we do see enough here to see where the feline class has overridden, or more precisely has redefined, the show method that it inherited from, from animal. Okay? And before we did this, data dog type reference to animal, create object dog, blah, 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 okay? I'm going to, for the sake of succinctness, we're just going to use the default constructors. So, uh, data dog type reference to animal, and I'm going to kind of mirror what we did here on the whiteboard. Data cat type reference to feline, and I am going to create a cat object. And once again, I'm just going to use the default constructor just for the sake of succinct code. All right, now, just to make sure that everything is good here, let's understand that if I call at this point cat show. All right, let's, let's, let's make sure we understand what I'm going to get so that we can compare this to future output. This is, is what I get. I get that the cat doesn't have a name, it doesn't make a sound, it doesn't have a birthday, but it has a tail, which is what makes this method distinct from the animal one. The animal one doesn't tell us about the tail. So clearly, I am seeing the cat version of the show. All right, so what happens, and, and I'm going to do this, just so we don't like get into some kind of weird confusion. I'm going to call this parent. Okay, data parent type ref to animal. So what happens if I do parent equals cat? All right, first of all, let's save this and let's do a syntax check and see what our good system tells us. Notice it doesn't complain about this. I have now stuffed a cat into a parent box. Now let's be clear. I can still call cat show because cat still exists, okay? The question is, what happens now if I call parent show? And I'm going to drop a, a, a line here between these two for clarity's sake. So now, think through this in your head, and the question is, am I going to see the line that says, has tail or not? And let's find out the answer to that. And the answer to that is, I do. Okay? So even though I just stuffed the cat into the parent box, no harm was done to the cat, no animals were harmed in this example, okay? Um, 
you notice we still got the has tail. That's polymorphism. Polymorphism in a nutshell is I can take an object of one type, put it in a class of a different type that is further up the hierarchy in the inheritance change, chain, and I still get the most specific one that's relevant for my object. So let's look at this, just for the sake of example to make sure we got this. Suppose up here there was a, I'll just abbreviate, this is grandpa or grandma, a grandparent class. And so parent actually inherited from the grandparent. And so what we actually have here was grandparent had method M1. Be clear about this. Grandparent has, well, for the sake of notation, grandparent has method one and method two. And the parent class elected to redefine method one and method two, which I'm just illustrating here by putting a prime next to that. So the parent class redefined M1, which then the child class got M1 and M2 through inheritance. The question is, though, what did they really get through inheritance? What they got was the, the parent version of this. So they actually inherited M1 prime and M2 prime. So if I put a child in a grandparent box and call method one, which version of method one do I get? I get the method one version that I inherited from my parent, not the grandparent version. I get the one that is closest to me as I move up the tree if I have not elected to redefine it. That's polymorphism. Question. Yes. In your code here, you don't have one, a method where you redefine it. I do. Uh, the show method I, I, I turned this off, but show was redefined here on line 44. I declare it to be a redefinition. And so the show method calls the parent for part of its functionality, but then adds on line 56 the additional code there. So the show method is, is the equivalent of like M3 prime on the whiteboard. Okay? All right. Now, um, notice this. The cat method, excuse me, the feline class, I want to be very careful here to be precise. The feline class added the method cat parade. It, it's not part of the set of methods on, on the parent. Can I, I'm just going to delete some code here. Um, after I put the cat in the parent box, can I do parent cat parade? All right, let's check. Cat parade is unknown. Okay, so the only time this works is when I am calling a method that has been redefined through inheritance. Anything added, like in this case M4 and M5, I can't call it when I put it in the parent or the grandparent box. All right? So, 
Now we're left with the very obvious question, why, oh why, would I ever care about this? Let's write some code that will be remarkably similar to code that you will have to write for one of your upcoming optional homework programs. Data, iTable, type, standard table of, ref to, animal. Now that's a kind of fun thing we haven't seen before. That is an internal table of objects. Or an internal table capable of holding references to objects. As a point of fact, I could do um, a lot of different things to, to this table. For example, um, I'm going to get rid of this guy here altogether. Okay, data cat, reference to feline, create object cat. Check our syntax here, make sure the system is happy with us. Alright, you might not readily see, but if you look at this for a few seconds, hopefully you will in fact see that what we just did is put a cat into an animal box. Or more precisely, put a child into a parent box. Because I created a standard table that's containing references to animals, and I just put a cat into it, and the cat is type reference to feline. Well, here's where the code's going to get a little bit repetitive here, just for the sake of seeing this. Data dog type ref to um, animal create object dog append dog to high table. No problem. Now I just created a dog, which obviously is not of type feline, and I, I, I put it in the table too. And no problems. Uh, data, tiger, type ref to feline. Create object tiger append tiger to iTable. Now, I'm, I'm not calling the constructors to give these things names so that we could see this illustrated more clearly, just for the sake of time. But what you should realize is I have now created an internal table and put three things into that internal table, uh, two of which are feline, one of which are animals, even though it's a table of, of animals. Um, data, WA, like, line, of, 
I table. Okay, we've done that what a few million times this semester. So I now have a work area. Loop at I table <laughs> into WA and loop. Okay, so this is code that we have written many, many times this semester, and that line 74, we create an internal table. Line 75, we created a work area. Line 77 through 88, we filled that internal table up. We've done that many, many times before. And now on lines 90 through 91, 92, um, we're going to do something we've done many times before, which is loop through an internal table and do something with it. And, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to um, output a uh, underline, and then we're going to take whatever's in our work area, and we are going to call the show method on it. Notice the ones that are cats have the has tail. The ones that are not cats do not have the has tail. Now, you might be thinking, what is the utility of this? I am Amazon. I want to create an object hierarchy that allows me to keep track of all of my products. So, I create a parent class that I call product. And I say to myself, okay, what does every product I sell have? Every product I sell has a name. Every product I have and I sell has a description. Every product I sell has a price. And every product I sell has a uh, SKU number, which is kind of like a social security number for a product, a stock keeping unit number. And I might elaborate that further, but every product I sell falls into that category. Okay, some of the products I sell are edible products. An edible product has all the things that are up here, but an edible product also has a field to describe whether or not it needs to be refrigerated, and if you will, whether or not it is fit for human consumption, because it could be edible, but for animals, okay? Not, you know, don't get into the weeds on this, just follow me. I could also have a product that um, would be A book. And a book would have added to it uh, a field for author, um, a field for a type of book, meaning, you know, paperback, hardback book, or whatever. But there would be facts that I would keep track of specific to a book that aren't related to a product. And, and if you think with me, although we're not going to build this out here, 
I could wind up creating uh, a pretty detailed hierarchy here, tree, for all of my products. If I want to create the ability to say shopping cart, create a shopping cart. And a shopping cart is nothing but an internal table that we put stuff in. And so the user could put, you know, select an edible product, which in effect instantiates that edible product and, and puts it in the internal table. And then the user could, could pick a book, which instantiates that and put it in the internal table. And then, you know, maybe something down here is a DVD, you know, whatever. They can instantiate this. All of this can go into the same internal table because it's all descendant up the line of the product class. And every one of these guys, essentially, like what we're illustrating there on the, on the screen, has its own show method. And when I step through the table, the user sees the things that are relevant for the show method for the edible product, the things that are relevant for the show method for the book product, the things that are relevant for the DVD when that's called. It's exactly what, what we have written here, albeit we don't have as many attributes, we don't have as many methods, and we haven't elaborated it more fully, but that's just a matter of writing more code of the same type that we have written here already. Yes, sir. Okay, so your cat or your feline class has a show method in which it accesses the has tail attribute. Yes. Special to the feline. Uh, is it possible in the same scenario that we're doing here if we put the feline into an animal object and we say animal, animal feline and just access the attribute directly it's public? The, okay, so let me think through, so let's see if we have an example of this for us to do here. So we did not define, oh we did, we only defined one attribute that is unique to feline. Has, all right, so, so restate your question again, I want to make sure I follow the. I'm, I'm saying can I, like in a right statement, can I say animal has tail? Uh, I'll do that. Let's see, what's the... F yes, we can. I'm trying to figure out with this. Um, I don't want to do it in here because some of the things are, are, are not felines. Okay, so let me do this. Let me, let me create a data object called uh, A type ref to animal. Okay, and then I'm going to um, take one of my cats I already created, okay, where I, I created a cat up here. Okay, so I'm going to say A equals cat. So now I've just stuffed a cat into an animal box. And your question is, can I do write um, How's that spelled? Yeah. Has underscore tail, is it? Okay, so what we're doing here is 
we are not referencing a method, we're, we're trying to reference an attribute, okay? And it's going to show up at the very end of all of our other output here. Um, field has tail is, let's make, did I? Um, oh, because you have it as uh, in it, like, like you're calling an instance of, I think. You don't need the arrow, it's just the yeah. dash, just dash. Thank you. Thank you. No, hang on. I, I let's. let's uh, okay, has underscore tail is defined by the feline. I need the hair. Well, I, I I didn't pay close attention to the error message last time. Field has tails. All right, so let's let's check this though. Um, data a type reference to cat. Um, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that so works. All right, so. See, that's what I was thinking, but then if you then why would show work if show? Because show's getting it from child. That's and and that's exactly right. Show is in the parent, and then it's overridden. But has tail is not in the parent. Right, but in the overridden method for for this animal, right? It. It has a right statement for has tail. Where does it get tail from if it's not in animal? Polymorphism. Polymorphism. Mm -hmm. okay. Which which your question is very insightful in that it illustrates something that I don't know that I have ever put together until just now. And that is what if well let's think about this for a second. What if in feline, we have a, I'll just tack it on to the end here, methods get has tail. And it will returning value. Um, has tail type C. Okay, now I come down here and now uh, when you do, I've learned this the other day, when you do this, like if this guy's rolled up and I hit enter, it's actually going to put the next line in the part that's rolled up, which I don't want. So now the question is, okay, so now method um, get has tail end method. And all this is going to do is do has, has tail, the parameter, equals me has tail 
the attribute. Yeah, I was about to ask if that would work. Shouldn't that be thrown out because it's yeah. not inherent anyway? Oh, yeah. It's I not, think, it's not it, inherent, so... I think it will work. Now, based on what we put on the whiteboard, though, remember, <laughs> it's not in the parent. So it would be the equivalent of M4 and M5. And we said that if I put it in the parent box, I can't use M4 and M5. So this will be a good illustration of that. Can I now come down here and do um, write A get has tail, basically write the return value of that. Can I do that? And some of you have, I believe, correctly deduced that I can't because as soon as I put this in the parent box, my visibility of that method went away. And, uh, oh. This is a pain in the butt. Why does it, why does it care? Because you're going to try to put one. You're going to try to put one. It won't work. I know. I, I, that's, that's an oddity. Yeah, that, that's something that we, did you know how we got around it? You can do it, it's type declaration. We I don't know if that's what you did. Yep, see, here we go. Um, can't do that. It's unknown. It does not know what that method is. Okay? So let me go here and then I'll go there. Yes, sir. What happens if Git has tail within the new declaration of uh, show? The redefinition of show? Oh, like if you call get has tail? Oh, it's no problem in the redefinition. Okay. So in show, you want you want me to do this. Call um, me get, how did I punctuate this? Get has underscore tail. Is that what I did? Okay. Uh, I, I'm just putting it there for clarity. But no, I don't have to have that there. All right. So I'm going to get rid of this guy. You know, because we know he's bad. And just the question is, is this going to be syntactically correct? And yeah, that's fine. That makes perfect sense. But it's part of where polymorphism... You got to let, Let's go through the rules here. And if you get the rules, you're fine. Okay. So I have a hierarchy here. Okay. And so if I take a child and put it in the parent box, which is what we're doing right now, then if I call... A method, and let's let's get Grandpa out of the out of the way here, because just it, it's it's <laughs> poor Grandpa. Okay, <laughs> all right. So in this situation, the the parent class has M1, M2, and M3, and the child gets M1 and M2 just through standard inheritance, which is why they're in red. It redefines M3 and it adds M4 and M5. So if I put child in a parent box, I can call M1 and I get this version of M1. I can call M2 and I get this version of M2. I can call M3 and I get this version of M3. I can't call M4 and M5, which is what we just saw illustrated here. And, and what we just saw here is if M3 calls M4, then we can get M4. As part of M3. As part of M3. Okay, okay, I got it now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever's in the record. <laughs> and that's why, that's why, 
That's why there are dragons here, okay? Because this will bend your brain a little bit if you start doing this. Well, what if I try and stuff a Honda into a Chevy and, you know, then put on top of a freight train, you know? I mean, if you start trying to start trying all these complicated scenarios, you can easily get yourself confused. But if you come back to the rules here, like we just went through them, then, then, life, then life will be good, okay? Uh, Gabrielle, did you have a question, or are you good now? Okay. All right, so, so let's keep going. And, and at this point, we have covered everything that I think is the guts of this, but there are a couple of other scenarios we need to talk about, which is, for example, suppose I, I try and stuff a parent into a child box, or suppose I stuff a child into a parent box and then want to turn him back into a child. What, what do I do then? Okay, so this is what we just did. Value. What's the value of this? We can create an internal table based on the superclass, and children of all kinds of different types can be stored. And the assumption is here that this is, is going to give me access to just the methods that are inherited, which is, which is all that I care about in this illustration. So, those all fell into the category of narrowing casts. What about the opposite direction, a widening cast? A variable that is a reference to a subclass can be assigned a superclass object at runtime using a widening cast. Okay, so here I have P1 and C1. Alright, and so this says a variable that is a reference to a subclass, so that would be C1, can be assigned a superclass object at runtime. So let me move this down. What I've got to do here now is um, create object. And what kind of object do I want to create? Uh, superclass, so create object P1. And then what I want to do here is C1 equals P1. Can I do that? Yes. This is called a widening cast. Typically, the only time I'm going to do this is when I previously stuffed a child into the parent box, and now I want to pull him back out of that box and say, okay, you're a child again. Okay? So, whereas... Whereas the other scenario is very, very typical, putting a child in a parent box for the sake of the example I put there on the whiteboard related to Amazon's products. The going the opposite direction has much, much more limited utility. And in fact, the only reason I cast going the opposite direction is, is when I want to, if you will, reconstitute things. I, I kind of, in my mind, I like to think it of, we freeze-dried it, and now we're going to add water back to it to turn it back into what it was to begin with before we freeze-dried it. And that's unfortunate. I'm using that example with parents and child. So once again, no animals were harmed and no, no parents were frozen in the... In the lecture today. So after the widening cast, the methods of the subclass will be available again. Okay, so when I put the parent into the child, okay, in this situation I can still call 
method one, method two, and method three. Okay? Because those are things that they all have in common. The issue becomes, it's sitting in a child class shell. Can I call M4 and M5 on this? Because normally you can call M4 and M5 on a child class. Okay, so let's see what happens when we try this. Now this is where my, well, you understand I hope the internal table example and wrote it down if you were inclined to do so because I'm going to kill it off now. Okay, once again, no animals were actually being killed here. Alright, so, so here's my data cat type reference to feline and uh, data uh, parent type ref to animal create object parent. Okay, so at this point I actually have created two reference data objects and actually created the object out there that they in fact reference. Okay, so now the question is, or, or what did our slides, our slides said we were going to put a, um, we're, a variable is a reference to a subclass can be assigned a superclass. So the subclass here is cat. So can I say cat equals parent? Yawn is the question. And save. Da, 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 da. I cannot, at least not using the equal sign, because I am potentially losing something here. It's kind of like when you turn a float into an integer. So what's my syntax here? I use move the name of the superclass, question mark two, which I love that. It's kind of like, are you sure you really want to do this, but okay, and then the destination. So this would be, I'm going to leave the wrong one up there, this would be move parent question mark two cat. That may be my favorite ABAP syntax because it's kind of like your code is even asking you is this really something you want to do and we're presuming at least for the sake of this example that it is in fact something we want to do and you'll notice now that's syntactically correct so I cannot accomplish a widening cast I cannot stuff a parent into a child box without using this special syntax. So now I have a parent object sitting in the cat class shell. So what happens if I call cat show? Yawn is the answer for what happened there. This is never something you want to see. And the reason why I am getting this is because of a 
casting error because I referenced a method that has something overridden in it that the parent class cannot contend with. Okay, let's go back because this is, you know, let's make sure we understand this and I hope I didn't lose too much code here in, in my crash. I, I tried to be diligent to save this. Okay, so it did not like me calling the show method, but is there anything that I have that um, is universal? And let's see, I, the feline redefined speak, it redefined show. Is there anything in the parent that didn't get redefined? Look at that. I read, so let's do this. Let's, let's change the cat here for a, for a moment here. Um, let's, let's get rid of the redefinition of speak. Okay? And so uh, the cat no longer is going to redefine speak. And so that method is now. So now cats and dogs and every other animal speaks exactly the same way. Okay? So... Let me comment out this line and let's do a syntax check. That was not what I wanted to do. I thought I deleted that. Did I delete the wrong one? Oh, it brought it back, okay. Let's hope that's what happened. Oh, you got an extra in method in there. Okay, so now we there's only there, the only speak method is is universal. It's defined for the parent and inherited uniformly throughout the hierarchy without redefinition. So now, if I ask my cat to speak, what will happen here? All right, I want to look more at this code because something something is going on here that I'm not readily picking up on. And it's, unfortunately, I find this happens when we, like, edit the code and we forget what's in which versions and such. All right, so we are trying to call the speak method on, on this cat here. And speak is defined for animal. I think it's show when we put in the reference to the... Uh Git has tail as opposed to just has tail. Oh, it's still in there. Yeah, the feline show method. Give me a, a ref a line. Feline show method. I don't know. Yeah, we're. I think we're still referencing something. Uh, there. But that we're talking about speak at this point. Seven six. Git has tail. There has a problem with it. but that's the show method. We're we're calling the speak method here. And this, the, the, I got the, it, this bombed out when we did the syntax check, right? Well, I guess the way to check then would be if you caught it, you 
comment out your call to the speak method and just try to run it by itself, but you should expect to see nothing happen, but if it still crashes. I like that diagnostic suggestion. Okay, so that's syntactically correct. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, let's actually read the, the error message here and see. <laughs> an exception has occurred, blah, blah, blah. During the cast operation, an attempt was made to assign a reference to a reference variable. The current content of the source variable is not compatible with the target variable. Oh, I didn't even think about what's on my own slide. I feel so stupid. Okay. You remember what, and I even made a stupid joke about it. Um, remember I said the only reason we use this is when we're trying to reconstitute something we've, we freeze-dried? Okay, that's not what we're doing here. See, watch this. Okay, now I gotta think. I gotta think for a second. It's it's early. All right. So, I I have a cat and I have a parent, and and what we're doing here is we're putting a parent back in a cat. All right, which sounds really weird. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm going to first of all, I'm going to take the cat and put it in the parent. Okay, that's what we've been doing all along, right? We take, the, we take the subclass and we put it in the parent class and now down here I can say parent and, and what we've been messing with is, is show, right? And so let's check and, and unless we messed something up a second ago and all of our stuff here, this should work. Yeah, see this works, okay? So we put a cat in the parent box. So now the question is, how do I get that cat back in a cat box? So let's say I do this cat or data. <clears throat> data. New cat. Type ref2 feline. So I want to put what's currently sitting in a parent box back to new cat move parent to new cat. And I can do that now because what I'm doing is taking something that the system recognizes is in fact a cat that has been stuffed in a parent box and I'm moving it back. You know, so imagine like instead of boxes, what I just did is I took a cat and on line 81, I put that cat in a parent costume. And now I want to take it and put it, you know, take the costume off and say, congratulations, you're back to being a cat again. And that's what I did here on line 84. Now, let's do a syntax check. And let's make sure we understand this and why I wrote the code the way I did. I have on line I'll read the line number saying on line 75 I created a cat box and I I put a cat in the box 
That is the world's worst picture of that. I don't know what's going on there. Two minutes. That's no weed barrel. When you start putting them in different boxes, then apparently they spawn second heads. I don't know what's going on. Okay, there's a cat. I, I created a cat and put a cat in the cat box. That's what happened on, on line 75 and line 76. Okay, then I created an animal box that I call parent. And I, I put a, a type of parent in there, which technically, I guess, if you think of the human beings can be animals and stuff, uh, we'll say that this is a, 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 an animal that walks upright. Okay, so currently, I have a cat in a cat box and a parent in a parent box. On line 81, I said, take the cat and put it in the parent box. So now I have a cat in the parent box. On line 84, I created a new feline box and called it new cat. There's nothing in it at the moment. It's a reference variable that, that has not had an object associated with it. So here's my puzzle. How do I put this in this? Is we're doing a magic trick. How do I take this and put it here and let this know in the process that you are in fact getting a cat object even though it looks like you're getting a parent because I'm using a parent in the assignment. And that is what line 80 something, 84 is doing there. It's saying move parent. And once again, for some reason, I'm drawing these two-headed cats. <laughs> because you've got two cats coming in. Okay, so. That's the point. <laughs> this is no longer the world's worst cat. This now is. Okay. It's now a cat unicorn, apparently. Okay, so so now, now I actually have, this was the original cat. I stuffed the cat into the parent object, just for seeing that we could. And then I took this and then stuffed him down here. Yes, sir. Like cat. Data new cat like. like cat. I don't know, but I'm willing to try. Uh, data, and I'm going to do this. Data third cat like, and you want to do like cat. All right, let's just do a syntax because sometimes you've, and some of you discover this, sometimes like goes away. But yeah, it looks like that's. No problem, no pun intended. But my point is now, once I have put this back into that shell, now I can do new cat shell, okay? And it, it will know that it in fact is a cat and it has a tail, okay? So I, I actually had exactly what we just went through. Um, you know, my second bullet point, typically used when a narrowing cast was previously used and you wish to restore the object back to its true identity. That's what we're doing here. 
Okay? And that's why I say this isn't something we typically have to worry about, but this is the logistics of, of how that would actually be done. And the object moved should have been created as a subclass object or method calls on the new object. So, I mean, the slide had the answer we were banging our heads on the wall about, but I mean, we arrived at the right conclusion. So, so no harm, no foul here. Question? Yes. Uh, when we move cat to parent, uh, can parent use all the methods that cat ha have? When we move cat to parent, I can use M1, M2, and M3. But I cannot use anything that was newly created by the child. I can only use those things that exist in the context of a parent. How could use the has tail method? How could parent use, because has tail was, well, has tail would be equivalent to what we did here. Hang on a second. I, I think we observed that it, are you talking about the attribute or the method? Both, maybe. We, we, we the 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 method where we're seeing this in is the show method okay um, here's the way I thought of this before and I, I don't know if this this makes sense or not but let me try this as an example and I get to draw another picture which clearly is one of my great strengths <laughs> so imagine if you will we have a big like refrigerator sized box here at the front of the room and cut in that box are three holes for M1, M2, and M3. And this represents the parent class. And I have a child that has, if you will, five arms, M1, 2, 3, 4, and 5. When I put the child in this box, it can stick arm 1, 2, and 3 out the hole but it doesn't have a hole to put arm four and five out. So I, I can't see those and I can't call them. So the things that are a part of the parent are still available to me. But anything that has been added to the child, I can't do anything with. Technically speaking, it's still there, which we saw when we moved it back into a box of the right type. But I can't see it, I can't make use of it. So in your situation, we redefined method M3. So that's fine. I have a hole to put arm three out of. And what we're going to see there is a different version of arm three than was there when the parent was sticking its arm out. But I still can only see the things that were part of the parent box design. Okay. Other questions? Now, I think we have one more slide that attempts to just reiterate that. And what I find is, at whatever point you feel like you understand things, call it good. Because then after that, the more things you introduce, the greater the potential is to actually confuse yourself. Okay? So I'm not going to talk about this slide for the potential peril of confusing someone when I do not intend to. 
But I'll just say, this slide is based on the premise of what if we had a, a hierarchy where at the top of our hierarchy was a document and then it had as a child a PO document, which was a, a child, a more particular kind of, of document. And so this goes through the mechanics. If I take the PO document and I'm going to stuff it in the document, if I take the child and stuff it in the parent, this is the terminology and, and this is how that plays out. And if I go the other direction, the, the terminology there. Okay, so I'm not going to go through that because all it does is reiterate what we have talked about using a different example and I'm afraid it would just introduce confusion where hopefully none exists at the moment. Questions? That's it, okay? Um, we have five minutes left, so I'll give you another few seconds here to reflect on whether you have questions. On Wednesday, when we get together, if you choose to come, uh, come with questions, okay? Um, but otherwise, if I, if I do not see you again, have a good rest of the semester. Um, what I will do is, um, once I have graded your most recent homework, for those of you that have earned your SAP certificate this semester, I will look at whether or not there's still a chance that you might not pass the class. But I'm assuming that all of you are, are in good shape. So what I will do is once I confirm that, I will send you an email and I will put the certificates in a folder on the pocket outside of my office door, okay? When you go through there, uh, please just take your own. Or if a friend has asked you to pick theirs up, that's fine. But please don't take anybody else's. <laughs> and I would ask you as you go through them, I, I try and make the certificates nice. Okay? If you discover anything's wrong with your certificate, like I misspelled your name or something, let me know. I have no problem reprinting it. But you know, try not to like, go through all of them with like chocolate syrup on your hands and get you know mess up everybody else's certificate all okay but if something does happen to yours let me know and i'll be glad to print you another one i need to get the sign-in sheet from wherever it has wound up have a great rest of the week everyone and uh,